another episode of Into the Night Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 John Durlandis-directed <laughs> comedy. I'm going to put a finger quote on that. Comedy, Into the Night, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm your host, Dave Palace. I'm from 5 Minutes of Mystery, and I'm also the co-host of the Groundhog Day Minute with my... Groundhog Minute with my co-host, Sean. Sean, have I done this in a long time? Yeah. <laughs> sound like it. Got to back on that horse. It's like riding a bike. And uh, yeah, as Dave mentioned, I'm I'm Sean, who was uh, who's from uh, Five Minutes of Mime and also was a co-host of Groundhog Minute with my with my co-host, Dave Palace. Groundhog Minute. That's that was. And we just you know, we just had another we just we just passed Groundhog Minute and they're uh, they say we're going to have an early spring. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Phil. Uh, Phil saw his shadow. Yeah, so uh, I guess Phil felt lucky this year. So, so here we are. So you and I we're tucked in the back of this car, and we're leaving LAX now. We're long for the ride. In minute twenty-one. So right now, uh, Eddie has himself a passenger who he doesn't know her name. Uh, all he knows is that she's a smoker, and she doesn't realize in nineteen eighty-five. Uh, cars had cigarette lighters before we were using them for USB chargers on our phones. <laughs> right, yeah, before we're powering our phones and our gadgets and tablets and whatnot, those things actually uh, actually lit cigarettes. And I wonder, like, so this is, um, as, as you said, this is a John Landis-directed film. I wonder if the cigarette thing, and there's a lot of callbacks. John Landis is a lot of, like, things he's known for, like directing, calling cards. So I wonder if the... The cigarette lighter thing, is that like a callback to Blues Brothers? They have a cigarette. You know, there's a thing when, uh, after Elwood picks up Jake from the jail early in that movie, there's a, a cigarette lighting scene. So I wonder if there's something going on there. Hmm. I mean, it is the 80s. Everyone just, all, all characters had a smoke. In it. Whenever they experience a shred of emotion, someone had a smoke. But, I mean, with, you know, Diana's position of just having... Her, her her boyfriend partner here brutally murdered by what I believe is I think these these Iranian uh, yeah. assassins here uh, brutally murdered in the parking lot of uh, parking garage of the LAX yeah she deserves a smoke like honest honestly God deserves one right she she she's earned it she's gonna need to uh, to calm down it's a it's a tense now Eddie didn't tense. see this part he just saw her jump onto his car and a guy pointed a gun at him and then they took off so. Right, and so it's kind of. I wonder if it's a if this is supposed to be a joke. So you know, so Diana lights her cigarette, and then she offers one to Ed, and he says, "Nah, those things will kill you." Being like, "Well, yeah, I mean, cigarettes may be bad, but they're they're not as they're, they won't kill you as fast as a gun will." You know, it's not gonna cigarettes not gonna kill Ed as fast as um as Diana's boyfriend just got killed. So is that like ha ha ha? He's joking about the guy who, like, because he doesn't know, like, real life and death situation happening here. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually, I think I like that. I do, but as, as the audience, the listeners, um, they're gonna get from me and maybe some other hosts. This movie feels like an, a, a real bad balance of comedy and thriller. I think it should have picked one. I think it should. Really, I think it would be great if they picked thriller and they just stuck with it. And you can still have these. You could still have dark comedic comedic moments with Jeff Goldblum, like deadpan giving responses. 
Uh, I'll have to take your word on that. I, well, I mean, like, obviously he could do dramatic acting and we could just have a straight thriller and I'd be fine with it. Uh, I'm trying to, like, meet this movie halfway. Mm-hmm. But this movie tries to, this movie's trying to straddle a line between comedy and thriller. And, uh, I, yeah, for me, it just, I guess, I guess what I wanted to, what I wanted to be is I kind of wanted to be the collateral of its day. Because I really like Collateral, Michael Mann's Collateral. Right. Where, right. It, like, you te- you know it's a thriller. Like, you know, it's kind of nice in the beginning and stuff. But then, like, when, when Tom Cruise and Jamie, Jamie Foxx, when, like, stuff's going down, you know it's serious life or death. So, and it feels like that with Diana. You know she's being hunted and stuff. And it's like, there's tension. So, it's weird when there is a weird comedic moment because it feels like it's like, whoa, come on. Let's, let's, let's keep, the, let's keep the, t- the tension up. Let's keep the genre accurate here um it's uh yeah i mean i i well do we i mean do i was gonna save this for later in the week but do we want to just get into kind of like the just what's going on with this movie I mean, you kind of start talking about it like i feel like i i did not see this when it came out in 1985 and i have a feeling like this might have been a really good movie in 1985 but i also feel like it's not it's not a good movie in the 21st century Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe in 85 was funny, but I, I just feel like it needed some tightening up draft or something or, or just commit to something at some point. Right. Well, yeah, because I feel like I, I do think some of the action stuff really hits and like the tension and, um, you know, I think Michelle Pfeiffer does does a really good job these minutes of a woman who is harried and worried and, and really scared. Um, one of the thing is the, the, um, the Iranians you mentioned who are, I guess, like Iran secret service goons from the Shah in like the early eighties, that kind of thing would have been fresh. The, uh, you know, the Iranian revolution and the hostage situation at the U S embassy and like all that would have been going on. And so these might've been like serious bad guys where now it's like, they feel kind of cliche and stereotype. Like I'm not, oh, you know, we, we got ISIS and Al-Qaeda. We got Al-Qaeda. There's other stuff going on. I'm not yeah. really worried about Iranians, particularly these guys. Well, I mean, I'm sure more hosts will talk about how it feels like it's at times they feel like they're slapdash goons and then they do something gruesome. And you're like, oh, wow, these guys are deadly. And then they, they do what feels like a, uh, a Three Stooges kind of moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, there is some some there are some bloody moments and I don't think, you know, we didn't like they weren't we don't really see too much about what happens to uh, Diana's traveling companion, a boyfriend, whoever it was. I mean, that but guy there's was in a pool of blood, man. And when they yeah. cut him, blah. It was oh, right, like, right. Yeah. I mean, but there's there's some stuff coming up where it gets, um, you know, e- even more graphic. So, yeah. yeah, they yeah. At times they're graphic. And then, yeah, at times they're like. Yeah, there's like a Three Stooges thing going on. Only there's four of them. So four Stooges. Well, I mean, well, John Landis is the fourth Stooge. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm digressing. We should, you know, that's that. But that's, you know, that's for other hosts and other minutes to really to really talk about. So because what we have here is, um, you know, we're just we're hanging on to the hood with a camera and yeah. we're getting just the, the two of these guys, Ed and, and Diana. Um, one thing I'll say is I I do feel it's it's even for the middle of the night. I mean, it can't be that middle of the night because we still have a long ways to go in our night. But mm-hmm. so I would I I clock this at like eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Um, it's quiet, you know, on the road. Like you have one car that passes them in this tunnel, 
at LAX. I still feel like even in the middle of the night, there'd still be taxis. There would still be people coming on red eyes. I mean, she still had other people coming on that flight. I mean, yeah. she's she's jet lagged, but there'd be a hundred other people on that plane who are also jet lagged coming on LAX. Yeah, and I think just in terms of filming, well, I do think it's a little bit later than you said or than than you're thinking because they were like he's in bed, he's trying to sleep, he's tossing and turning, and then he thinks about what Dan Aykroyd said in terms of, well, if you know if you mm. can't sleep, you should go to Vegas. So true. Uh, but but maybe ten or eleven. I mean, it seems like you know him and Ed and his wife are both, um, you know, they both professional. They both go off to the office. They seem like early rising type folks. So probably early to bed. Oh, well, she didn't go um, to the office today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I mean, I was thinking like ten or eleven, but still like a big city, an airport like L.A. There's um, there should be flights coming in. There should be some more traffic on the road, but. Um, you know, I guess just for filming, you know, they, they there's other scenes where they do fill in the extras, but I guess not, um, not this particular driving scene. So they've got the the whole road to themselves. Yeah, and like I yeah, I give Michelle Pfeiffer's cr- uh, character Diana a lot of credit because maybe it's kind of played for comedy when she says, you know, take me home, and he goes where because I don't know you and you don't know me, and we're just driving, and right. she's like, uh. I think it's a mix of several things. It's a mix of like, yeah, it's a mix of the the harrowing assault she just watched and the run for life. It's m- mixed with um, jet lag, and mixed with I guess she she uh, kind of has this immediate trusting of Ed, like she's not suspicious of him or anything. So it's like her brain's just automatically like, oh, he knows where to go, and then he goes, no, I, I you know where, and she goes, oh shoot, um, and then she yeah she starts rolling the the Rolodex in her head. And I looked at the map If we're talking about the, the, the Marina del Rey, I believe it is Marina. Yeah. That's what I assume they were talking about. And I, I, yeah, I had notes about that as well. Cause yeah, she's obviously, she's not an idiot. I don't think we're supposed to think like what she doesn't know where she lives, but she's yeah. got to think of, well, yeah, she's, so she's, you know, she's staying with someone, but is that person still cool with her coming by? Is there some other safe place? Does she have another friend? And this is Are only a 15 minute drive. So yeah, it probably is the closest piece on her Rolodex. Uh, Marina, 15 minutes away. Like, we can get there and I can, I can be safe. Right, yeah. I mean, I was going to bring it up because later they, you know, spoiler for later in the week, they, they do eventually get to the Marina and then she's asking Ed to drive her someplace else where it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, about 15 minutes, like you say, from the airport to Marina Del Rey, particularly, yeah, the, I mean, we both expect there'd be more cars on the road than we actually see in the film, but it wouldn't be. There wouldn't be a lot of traffic. So like 15 minutes, um, you know, enough for them to to share like an awkward silence and, and realize they, you know, they don't know each other. Yeah. Now, now your phone's ringing. Now, here's my question. Uh, you noticed uh, something was missing in the car before uh, we just before we started recording. Oh, notice? yeah. So. So, yeah, like we're we've got the point of view on the hood of the car. And of course, we don't see there's no rear view mirror. Because mm-hmm. that would like be blocking our view of, you know, of of, um, of Ed and Diana here. And I forget someone, um, I forget who mentioned it. it was a you know another movies by minutes podcast I was listening to where they mentioned like oh if you see you'll never see rearview mirrors. And then so now I always look, and there's been some recent movies where I have seen rearview mirrors. So I think they've overcome that technical limitation. <laughs> but but in this case, way back in 1985, they did not know how to film around rear view mirrors. So yeah, there's no 
Well, yeah, no mirror just in the center of that windshield where it would have been. And I don't know um, how California does it. Most states, there'd be, there's like an inspection sticker or a registration sticker in the mm-hmm. corner of the windshield. Um, I know, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to think like every state where I've lived and, and had a car registered, uh, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Texas. I never had a car in California, but yeah. So there's like, we don't even see like the windshield is completely clear. There's no stickers or, or anything. No, no easy pass. He doesn't got a, there's no suction cup mount for his, uh, his phone or his GPS or everything. So <laughs> we get a nice, I guess they want to make sure that you get to see, um, yeah, lots of Jeff Goldblum and lots of uh, harried, worried Michelle Pfeiffer. I looked. I looked. Uh, the, he does have the rear view mirror when him and Dan Aykroyd are in the car going to work, hmm. but when he returns home, the uh, rear view mirror is not there. So uh, he did have the mirror early in the day, and um, and it wasn't there when he got home. So I don't know. I don't know. There's. Not, I can't. I'm trying yeah. to think of like a. Like an in, in-universe plot reason why for him to like rip it off, but nah, just... Well, he, uh, yeah. he could have been upset over something he saw earlier. It <laughs> could have been yeah, something like that. Maybe, maybe that. you know, maybe something a little upset him, but uh, yeah. Uh, well, that, I said, that's, that's, that's all I have, because I don't, you're right, we don't want to get too much into the marina, too much of the driving, because we've got more minutes of that coming up. Uh, so there's any other notes you want to cover before we start... You know, get, you know, putting our heads back in on the bottom of the trunk and kind of wait until tomorrow. Um, just a couple, like just some some nice little tidbits to uh, to chew on for uh, for a Monday uh, for the podcast listeners. As uh, jumping back to the beginning of the minute, as Ed is is driving um, through this, there's like an underpass that goes under the runway mm. at the airport, and we see a jet, a Western Airlines jet, is being taxied across the runway over the road as uh ed and diana driving underneath and i hadn't heard of western so they're they're no longer around this is an old an old regional airline in the the west of the u.s obviously with a name like western appropriate enough they um <laughs> were eventually um they operated until eight, 1987 when they merged with delta but uh some some interesting things from their history is uh some notable hijackings that uh, that happened to <laughs> okay. Western Airline flights. Mm, food for um, yeah. The the first one was uh, Western Airlines flight 327, which was a Boeing 737, in February of 1971. Was hijacked by a passenger, demanded to be taken to Cuba. They ended up landing in Canada. Close. Close. So close. <laughs> didn't, didn't didn't quite make it. Um, now then. In May of 1972, you had Western Airlines flight 407 was hijacked by a man demanding to be taken to North Vietnam. He ended up going to Cuba. That's close. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So after, after, you know, according to Wikipedia, after refueling in Tampa, Florida, the plane went to Cuba. Did did all uh, these hijackers just leave like one star Yelp reviews? Like, (laughs) I hijacked this plane and they don't know. These pilots don't even know where they're going. That's what I'm wondering. Like, like, really? Are they just are the pilots that bad that they just you know you don't know where you're gonna end up? You go to Cuba. Oh, uh, guys, like guys, like looking at the map. Uh, oh, and he sees he just sees yeah. C. He just, he just sees, sees C. C. Oh, yeah, this is it, right? It's like <laughs> guy lands, gets out, it's freezing cold. Hey, 
Yeah. Well, imagine, yeah, you're the hijacker. You're packed for Cuba. You got your Bermuda shorts. You got like the, the shirt with the flowers on everything. You're like just sunglasses and, and suntan oil. You get off the plane and you're hey, in, hey there, buddy. And like a polar bear walks up. You're like, what? This is not what I asked for. Hey, look at his hoser here. He's trying to ride the plane. The last notable hijacking of a Western flight uh, Western Airlines flight was uh, flight 701 in June of 1972 um, was slated to go from LA to Seattle was hijacked by a Vietnam veteran and uh, they ended up taking they they made they it took all it the back way to, to Vietnam <laughs> all right, we're back all right I guess we're going to Vietnam see that would have been complete the cycle that yeah. would have made sense no they end up in Algeria Algeria Oh, do they have the the gas for that? (laughs) It was you said. Would you say? Did you say California to Seattle and they go to that? Yeah, that's where I was. I mean, like, yeah. So it was meant to be just uh, meant to be like just (laughs) a West Coast flight flight. to Seattle. Um, (laughs) They ended up having that. They they stopped to refuel in New York and they made it. They did. They had to stop, but they did make it all the way to Algeria, which I thought was uh, Algeria, which I thought was. Like why let them take? I obviously that I far? don't know a lot about about um, about hijackings and yeah. hostage situations or whatnot. So I mean, the flight from L.A. to Seattle is, or sorry, L.A. to New York is like a four or five hour flight, right? Yeah. So they've got plenty of time to plan what they're going to do, and they know they're going to have to refuel when they land in New York. Like they don't have a plan. They're like, eh, you want to let them go to Algeria? It's also eight, uh, like, it's like four or five hours of him sitting there. Like does he like not go? You know. I think I was overreacting. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I really think I should just call my wife and just settle this normally. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, oh, you did, should. Did you, did you read about, did you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> That's funny what you say. Like, yo, know, he kind of had second thoughts because so the, the high, so the guy height that the William Roger Holder was the Vietnam war veteran hijacks the plane with his girlfriend, Catherine. Okay. Um, they claim they have a bomb and attache case. They demand $500,000 and that Angela Davis be freed. Um, Angela Davis, the, the, the Black Panther, who is uh, currently on trial. So they get to Algeria. They later return 488000 of the ransom money. <laughs> so, I, so I'm thinking like, yeah, there's some second thoughts. They're like, yeah, you know what? We got a free trip to Algeria. Maybe we don't need to keep all the money. So they, they return. The, the ransom money. So, you know, hey, they're not all bad. I mean, like, I tell you, they got off pretty good because I, I know, like, the... I was reading about how, like, the German police were getting real tired of that. Sh- like, they're getting real tired of that <laughs> during the 70s and 80s. And they were, like, take They weren't taking mm-hmm. names, man. Yeah. They were, like... They like they were... I think they were, like... I think they became, like, the best, like... For a time, I think they were, like, the best plane uh, insertion police... Yeah, the the Germans and the Israelis yeah. will just like they just they don't they don't talk. They'll just take everyone out. Well, not no, I mean not the passengers, not the hostages, yeah. but I mean like the 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 hijackers. You don't want to mess with them. But yeah, I I um, love it when like they have like some of their <laughs> some of their uh, insertion videos like make to YouTube. Like I think I saw I think it was like uh, I think it was either South Korean or Taiwanese special forces. Like like it was like what if uh, someone's on a commercial uh, bus. Like like if they were like they got one of those mega buses and said that they got a gun, and they essentially have <clears throat> it was the equivalent of like a guy one guy was ready on a ramp that was about to go up, 
And then the other guy essentially had a breaching charge on a stick. And it, the, so the one guy <laughs> on slams a, he has a, on a pole vault, slams mm-hmm. that thing against the window, bam, opens a hole. And then the next guy, and then the guy on the ramp, like just jumps, rolls in, and then like takes out like four targets, like four paper target. But it's like, it's blacked out windows. So like the cops don't know where the people are, mm-hmm. where the targets are. And it was just crazy. Go bam, boom, ba ba ba. So, uh, yeah, uh, don't, don't, I would not take a, they got lucky in the seventies, but I, I, I would stop. Don't no more, no more. I'm playing, uh, hostages. I think people are tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think, I feel it. like the, the, um, the heyday for hijacking is kind of past. <laughs> it's not coming back. And it's, and, and, your and, and then also like that, that also extends to like the airport garage. Like I'm sure like those guys, like, you know, between a few gunshots and a few knife stabs, like, you know, I feel like these Iranian assassin guys are getting off lucky. I feel like, you know, I feel like oh, yeah, there would be some L.A. police looking for them. Well, yeah, I mean, these days there'd be cameras all over the place. They yeah. wouldn't they wouldn't get away with that kind of stuff. And so, um, yeah, OK, right. so, so that, that, that that's all I have. For, yeah, we're leaving the airport, driving off to go to the marina, everyone. We're going to the marina. So, uh, you know, pack your swim trunks or whatever. I don't know. Your boat shoes. <laughs> So uh, I'll, we want to explain to the listeners that they can find uh, Into the Night podcast <laughs> on iTunes, Google Play, and the main site at nightminute.com. I can't believe I can't believe Jim actually got a domain called nightminute.com. I feel like Night Minute should have been taken by something or someone, but he got it. Uh, and uh, we also want to mention that they have, they have we have a social media uh, Facebook group. Called the King Lives Listeners Limo on Facebook. The King's lives. The King Lives Listeners Limo. That joke will make more yeah, sense. The that'll when you make sense in uh, later in this movie. You'll get. You go. What? Oh, I get yeah. it. But it the King weeks. Lives Listeners Limo on Facebook, and we're on Twitter at Night Minute. Uh, and so, I Dave Palson from Five Minutes of Mystery Sean. I'm uh, I'm Sean German from Five Minutes of Mime dot com, and uh, and we're both from Groundhog Minute. And, and so, listeners, please come on back for uh, the next exciting minute on Into the Night. Into minute. the Night! Do, 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 do. I'm sure Jim will have music playing at this point. Do, 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 do. do we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category. Mm-hmm.